Hello, good day, and welcome. Welcome indeed to Like Trees Walking. I'm Michael J. Nelson. And I am David Paulbergie. And this is the podcast where we talk about the big things in life. The big questions. The big questions. The serious questions. The profound questions. The questions where you lay awake at night staring at the stars and go, whoa. And one of the questions we were just uh, bringing, we'll bring it on mic now. We were mm-hmm. talking about it off mic. One of the big questions of life, who's the woman who plays Uhura in the new, the rebooted Star Trek movies? It's Zoe something, and I couldn't think of the name. And we had to get the show rolling, and we couldn't uh, we couldn't look on our phones quick <laughs> so enough. If you could so e- if you could email, your email or call in right now with that answer. <laughs> the hotline would. is live to call in for who plays Uhura. Zoe who, and we know it's not Deschanel. I think it's it's it is Zoe. I, uh, maybe it's a name like that. It's short, so I could even be wrong on that. But anyway, please correct us and please uh, send that in. But that's not why we're here. No, 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 no. no. We are uh, talking about the big questions of life from a Christian perspective. We have a great show today. Oh, a truly great show. We are going to, of course, get to our question, and then uh, later on in the show, we will be tasting another one of my treats. And. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of what it is this time. We won't reveal it yet. The anticipation, folks, but uh, I'm. This is might be the worst yet. This this is this might be the. I think this is the ultimate one, and I don't think we'll be revisiting the <laughs> department. This will close her down. This will be the uh, the the end all. All right. So we'll go out on top or at the bottom. At the whatever. Very you very say. bottom. Yes, however yeah. you uh, view that, and then uh, we will also be revisiting a department. This is the Explain That Meme department, and we have an exciting one uh, coming up, so last look time, for that. Yeah, last time I took on Harambe, this time it's it's something totally different, but yeah. equally as absurd, so I'm right. excited for that. <laughs> but let's get to it. Uh, let's get to the big question. That's what these people are tuning in for. And uh, this one pervades every aspect of our life, it I is, think. And we should say, before we start, that this is actually, we're tackling this topic in response to uh, feedback from... Uh, beloved friend of the pod. That's right. So um, thank you. You you will know who you are when you begin uh, hearing us tackle this. But so yeah, we don't we, we respond to the people. We That's want, right. We we, we want to talk about what the people want us to talk about. So here is one of those things. So thank you, person, for suggesting. Yeah, this. we're we're not just like a, a smooth black tower of wisdom that's uh, <laughs> impenetrable. We're far from that, in fact. Uh, no, we're we're, we're, we're very soft, doughy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, what do you call it when you dabble in something but are not a professional? Uh, a, a tyro is one word for it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a poseur, I guess, would be another um, an word. An autodidact? Well, that would mean you're smart, though, and you taught yourself, right? And what, it depends on the quality of the, 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 the auto <laughs> okay, doing so the didactic. Okay, so we're autodidact, but we are possibly wrong about all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons that we welcome all viewpoints, because at bottom we admit, yeah, we might be wrong about yeah. this, but that's why we hash this stuff out, and that's why it's fun. So let's get to it. All right. Uh, we're talking about the, the topic today is uh, PC. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, personal computers. I, right, they're, yeah. They're totally great. Uh, no, we're talking specifically about uh, the John Hodgman, the, the guy with the nerdy glasses who played PC in the Mac 2000, what, whatever. six commercial. Yeah, who really stole the show, right? Yeah, he was, I thought he was much cooler than Justin Long, the guy who played Mac, who was supposed to be the, like, hip hey, and with it guy. Like, he look looked, at the- He was like a nerd. He was like Screech or something. He was awful. <laughs> and there's John Hodgman, you know, the the lovable, like, 
IT guy, you know, with a smirk on his face. Like, right, a little bit frumpy, but you could tell he was he was down, he was with it. Which one would you want to go to the bar with after oh, work? You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely PC. Yeah. Mac guy would be like, no, like, you know. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, God, this guy's coming with us. Oh. <laughs> Who invited oh, him? Oh, hi, hi <laughs> Justin. Hi, yeah. Mac guy. Oh, yeah, you were, yeah. Suger Roth, man, cool, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, Bjork, yeah. Okay, no offense to my uh, Icelandic uh, pop-loving people, but, you know, that yeah, type. That's, the, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, in case you haven't figured it out yet, of course that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about political correctness. Oh, geez. So that's the question, what is it? And how does a Christian respond to it? How does it affect our thinking? And what should a Christian do with it, et cetera, et cetera? Go, Pastor Dave. <laughs> Mike is, is punting the punting the football to me. And I and I one hundred percent. And I appreciate that. And yeah, we should say in talking about this that when the person said they wanted us to talk about it, they literally just put it as a bullet point in a list. So there's no sort of there's no sort of priming the pump on this one. And yeah, Mike, I think when you ask uh, from the jump. What is it? Oh, man, that's the biggest question. Because political correctness, I think, particularly, um, you know, here in 2016, we've just gone through an election where that seemed to be like at the at the forefront of the conversation saying, what is the you know, what's the one of the big appeals of uh, of Donald Trump was the fact that he wasn't PC. You know, he was basically which indicated a willingness to say what he was really thinking and not worry about, you know, offending the sensibilities of people that, that he was a straight talker, a straight shooter willing to tell it like it is. And so that is sort of defined as being anti PC, being willing to say what you really think to other people. So uh, conversely, being politically correct um, must be some, uh, basically a way of, um, a method of discourse which seems to not be uh, fully, involve a full disclosure or a full openness to saying what one really means. I, I think one of the frustrating things for me is whenever you bring up this conversation um, of political correctness, like uh, you're sort of immediately going to place yourself in one of two reactionary camps, sort of the, you know, um, people who are anti-PC, and so they just flout convention. You know, they'll hurl the most uh, outrageous invective just to get a rise out of those those coddled, you know, campus liberal types or whatever. The precious snowflakes. Yeah, those precious little snowflakes, and I don't want to associate myself to any degree whatsoever with those type of people. I have no interest in in that. Um, but I also don't want to be a PC denialist who just says that there is no such thing as this. That you know, it's easy for me to say as a you know white cisgendered you know heterosexual male that like that political correctness is just a label that I put on something to sort of protect my power and privilege within society. I do think there is something in it. Uh, there is something um, called political correctness. I don't think it's great. Um, but before I say any of that, um, you know, what is a Christian to do with this? How are we to think about this? And so I think, uh, you know, uh, rule number one uh, of life is is don't, don't try to be an antagonistic jerk. I think that is always just a generally a good rule, particularly... Wait, wait, I'm, I'm writing that down because <laughs> this is a mind blower for me. Wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> yeah. I need, to, I need to come with a new approach no, to but everything. As, as a Christian person, you know, we bear the person of Christ with us wherever we go. And so our goal should never to be to just purposefully antagonize another another human being. Of course. You right. know, just to get yes. a rise out of them. And, and I think of when I think, you know, I was thinking of sort of... Um, 
what biblical wisdom there might be to bring to bear on this question, a couple things came to mind. One of them is just in the book of James. James, who was the brother uh, brother of Jesus, um, uh, wrote, a, wrote a letter, and, and in it he talks about the power of the tongue. And so basically he's like, it's this small little thing, but it has so much power. And he says, you know, small things can have great power. Think of like an anchor, not an anchor, but a, but a rudder on a ship. You know, it's this tiny little piece of the ship, but it steers the direction. And he says, think of a fire. It starts with a tiny little spark. And so he says, it's the same thing with the tongue. You have to be very careful with how you use it. Um, because even though it's small and seemingly, you know, I- insignificant, it, it, our speech does have a huge impact. And so there's no denying that. And I think that's what the, the truth that PC gets at, that people who, uh, you know, I would identify as, as politically correct, um, that, that there is truth, that language has power. And that the way that we speak about things um, has the power to be, you know, build people up or to tear them, tear them down. And so, you know, from a Christian perspective, recognizing the power of our speech um, and being very, very, very mindful of how we bear that speech out into the world and not intentionally trying to antagonize anyone because we don't want to close people off to us or to the Christian message by um, being, you know, being right and in your face and um, telling the truth like it is. And uh, the other thing I thought of is where Paul talks in Romans, he says, you know, as much as it is possible, live at peace with everyone. So, um, you know, to be, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. So to truly be a peacemaker and to enter into conversations with folks, even if you don't agree with them, even if you think they're being politically correct or being um, sort of the opposite of that, that um, I always want to assume the good faith of my interlocutors until they prove me wrong otherwise and assume that there's a reason that they're talking the way that they're talking and they're trying to get at something, even if they don't know what it is or they're doing it in a way that I wouldn't do of it. So all of that is manner of sort of preface to, to kind of what can follow from that. And what does follow from that? And, and first of all, did we get to a definition of PC or I, is it, is, you know, I think everybody instinctively understands it's the old, uh, was it Justice Brand Meyer? Oh yeah, so I, pornography or I, whatever. I recognize it when I see it. There's no yeah, definition. Like, yeah, like there's a difference between, you know, um, like a like a, a a Renaissance sculpture of a naked f- human figure in Hustler magazine. You know, we 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 know that, right? Yeah, and and so we all I think we instinctively recognize PC, but I don't know if anyone's come up with a a good working. Should we definition name, should I nail it? the Jello to the wall? Try to try to get that working <laughs> yeah. definition. I mean, for me, I guess a working definition would be a um a sort of unofficial elite speech code or speech taboo, sort of a, a limiting of discourse around things um, where the other person doesn't feel like the discourse should be as limited as to where it is. So sort of soft, unofficial speech taboos that are enforced, I guess, particularly from the left would sort of be, yeah, I think. I think that's generally true. These originate a lot on campuses. and uh... Yeah. I mean, even jo- Jonathan Chait wrote a article, I think, in New York Magazine um, that provoked a lot of outrage and he, and he's a you know he's a self-avowed lefty for sure um and, and he wrote about politic you know political correctness and so um you know coming coming from the left so sort of speech speech taboos um that limit discourse or rule things as as out of bounds um that the that people feel the person who feels like it's political correctness says you're unhelpfully limiting what we can talk about um for a reason that is not good so yeah. Let's throw out some examples. Like, 
Um, and they're always around sort of third rail type of stuff, you know, like like taboos around things that we don't want to talk about because they're in a in a certain sense sacred, right? Like right. like you don't ha- you have a taboo around something that you value and you treasure because you want to protect it because uncovering it could profane this thing that is sacred. This feels like I'm talking about like, I'm sort of like Max Weber or something like that in totem and taboo. But I, I do think he got at something that this you, you know there's a taboo because this thing is sacred. We need to protect it. So. Like around, you know, the uh, uh, let's say the Orlando nightclub shooting, you know, that this is a this is a the the Orlando, you know, gay population goes to this nightclub. A guy goes in there and he murders all these people viciously. And so immediately the debate breaks out is 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 how much of how much can we talk about the fact that this person who did this, you know, was a self-described Muslim doing this on behalf of the Islamic State. Was this an act of, you know, radical Islamic terrorism or was this just a, you know, hateful homophobic act? Was this um, just another example of gun violence in this country? And basically, like, where you sort of staked your ground in in all of that territory that was there to cover revealed a certain degree of PC-ness or not. That basically, if you were to say that, hey, this guy is a terrorist, he's in in line with ISIS, this is another example of, you know, um, of radical Islamic terrorism, uh, you know, in this country, the scourge of it in this world, that you had violated the bounds of PC and you were being, you know, Islamophobic or something like that, right? Does that? Yeah, I think that's uh, accurate. Yeah. So being PC is sort of saying you can't talk about that aspect of them. And the good, I think, the righteous reason behind that is that you don't want to paint a whole group of people with a broad brush sure. and say, you know, uh, Muslims are inherently violent and, uh, and, and hateful and don't belong in this, you know, don't belong in this country. And, and so there's a real reason why people don't want to go there, um, which I get. But I think that it unhelpfully limits the degree of dis- discourse that we can have. So a, a lot of people celebrate the fact that the, as you were alluding to earlier, the anti-PCers want to break the windows is, yeah. a, is, a, is a cliche for that of just sort of, of what we can talk about. But from a Christian perspective, there's got to be a, a gentle way to break the windows. First of all, we, we shouldn't be restricting what is truth. I mean, you know, we've Orwell taught us this lesson, language can restrict and we can't allow that to happen. But as a Christian, you you have to find the way to do it with goodwill and good faith, and and uh, you know help to show the people how you know we there has to be a way to talk about truth. In other words, without everyone going to his or her camp and uh, staking out that position, and and that has to be done gently. If speak, if we are to <laughs> speak the truth in love, is yes. always a wonderful piece of advice and you know this this loving your neighbor as yourself you know that you want to use speech towards other people as you would want to be want to have it used towards you so when we're talking about really really sensitive you know sensitive things like like terrorism international terrorism and its relationship to the muslim faith you know we can talk about that but we would never want to do it in such a way that we you know condemn or stereotype a whole you know whole swaths of people um because we know that that can have dangerous consequences as well. So it's it's sort of that um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, speak the truth in, in love. I think that that disarms, um, I hope that that disarms, um, uh, you know, the people who you're talking with and shows you to be a person of good faith and goodwill, not a bomb thrower or a rock thrower or a window smasher or a, you know, shock jock type of person. Because I think that's the, unhe- when speech is suppressed, 
and sort of people aren't willing to to step out there and have courageous speech that's that's hard but but reasoned then you're just going to get these bomb throwing idiots um you know showing up to shock people and and i think it's their appeal of them is not necessarily that people agree with them but they go finally at least someone's willing to offend the sensibilities of of these people who have closed off discourse and have shouted down and have uninvited speakers and and all that who are suppressing speech so it's sort of like the uh, pressure cooker thing you let too much pressure build up it's going to come out sideways in a way that you don't want it to. Yeah, and, and all of this is done. Speech is best done, uh, and and exchanging ideas is best done in a place where people do assume. I mean, we're talking classic liberalism mm-hmm. here. People yeah. assume the best motives from the people with whom they are discussing ideas. And a lot of times this works really well in people you have already have relationships with. And that good faith is not only assumed, it's known. And so hopefully that that uh, that works in the broader, um, you know, marketplace of ideas. Absolutely. And it should work in the marketplace of ideas. And I think that's why that is a helpful, it's a helpful metaphor. It's not a battleground. Right. You know what I mean? It's not the the sort of we have two trenches and we come out right. and do you know the verdun of ideas. You know we, yeah. we 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 don't we don't want that. And and I think that you know what's disturbing is when folks see like the you know it was a year ago now, but the the you know Christakis kerfuffle at Yale University where there was a basically just someone who who were, was a dean or something and one of the colleges there wrote this thing. There was a a thing put out about don't wear an offensive Halloween costume. Oh, right. I think we can all agree with that. Don't, you know, don't be an idiot. Uh, don't, don't, don't go in blackface or something like that. You know, that's just horrific, you know, but she said like, all right, this is campus, you know, let's, let's be adults. We can handle this. Like give yourself some room. You're young, you're stupid. You're in college. Some people might make some mistakes, you know, let's not lose our minds over it, you know, because we're, we're grown adults and we can sort of, if, what if someone does something stupid, uh, you go, that's stupid. And, and move on. And the reaction to that of sort of saying, like, you have made this place unsafe and and the hate and the invective. I mean, this family had to leave. You know, these are are, you know, distinguished academics being forced to leave a prestigious institution because they merely suggested a, a different perspective. Not not saying, yeah, we're a hateful costume, but just saying, like, eh, if someone does, maybe here's another perspective. But that seems to me to be like PC run amok like that people it's so taboo that they're shouted down i mean her husband was surrounded and yelled at and screamed at and then they had to leave the campus and that's not healthy that's not good that's not a marketplace of ideas you know that's um (laughs) that's sort of scorched earth right all right well summing up here i think we've been fairly careful to not uh this is not about politics we we're not taking any side we're talking about the way to talk about things exactly hopefully that's clear we're saying that as a christian you use your wisdom your discernment and your uh, love of your fellow human being to even enter into these things and uh with your wisdom you will unravel someone else's pc in a kind and loving way and the person hopefully who has those pc ideas will do the same or will at least you know there's a way to do it without without the the trenches of Verdun, as you say. Absolutely, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I hope that that's clear because I think someone could, in a in a very un PC way, you know, with something like the Orlando shooting, you know, critique the critique the focus on his Muslim identity in and doing it in a non PC way, or saying you can't go there, or with Halloween costumes, could be very critical of people who would wear an insensitive Halloween costume. 
but do it in a way that is not um, is not treating it as a taboo, but as a subject for reason discourse. Saying my ideas are better, therefore I can engage with you, and I think that the, the, I think that we'll see that my ideals prevail, and I can do that without sort of um, without anyone having to set their hair on fire. You know. Right. Well, hopefully we walked through that minefield without exploding any ordinance. I, I don't know if it's possible these days, but please understand we tried and uh, so, it's all in goodwill. We tried very goodwill, yeah. And if we offended your sensibilities, um, please direct all email to michaeljnelson at hotmail.com. Yes. All right, well, we'll take a little break and when we come back, we'll be tasting one of my delicious pantry items. and then, That's me rubbing oh, my hands together. Oh, he's so excited. And uh, we will also be uh, explaining a meme. So stay tuned Ooh. and we'll be right back after this. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to Light Trees Walking. Our audience keeps growing. Um, and you all have been so faithful in responding to my um, to my appeals, my entreaties, my requests to go on iTunes, go wherever you listen to this podcast, but really actually just go on iTunes and um, go to the store, look up the podcast you know, section, look up Like Trees Walking Podcast, go there, give us a rating and a review. That really, really helps. We have 17 um, you know, ratings so far and I think like 12 reviews. And I know I've talked to so many people who are like, oh, I need to go in there and do a rating and review. Listen, if you are one of those people and you have said that to me multiple times, shame on you. Stop what you're doing now, even if it's, um, even if it's, you know, talking to your, you know, dying aunt. Stop doing that. Go, go to the iTunes store right now and leave us a rating and a review because it will help more people find us, um, and uh, and we think that that's a good thing. So no, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all your feedback, all your support. Um, we love doing this. Uh, we, we, those comments and stuff just keep us going because we know that um, what we're doing is making a difference. So. Thanks, and uh, yeah, let's get back to this show. And we are back. And boy, what an exciting time this is, I see. (laughs) Uh, During the break... Um, while Pastor Dave was making his appeal, I went and procured some of my favorite stuff. And so we're going to put Dave through this yet again. This is um, a little something from my pantry, my refrigerator this time, to be more accurate. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this was, uh, I, I made some red cabbage juice yesterday. Don't ask me why. I mean, maybe you could <laughs> why, ask me why. Mike? Why, Mike? Why, why, how about I ask you why? All right. Well, look, I had it. Uh, it was a red cabbage sitting around, and, you know, I just didn't feel like cooking and eating it. I, I eat a, probably more cabbage than I probably should. I don't know why. I must have an Eastern European you, There's, there's Russian about you. I'm, uh, I listen to too much uh, John Candy as the... Uh, uh, the polka guy when I was a kid or something and right. just got into my cabbage rolls and coffee. It was one of their uh, fav- famous songs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is I made some red cabbage juice and um, yeah, I got to admit going in, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I haven't lied in the past. I've been honest about my own tastes and uh, this one does not appeal to me. So I can't imagine <laughs> it would appeal to you, but I figured it was worth a shot. So maybe like I'm the, you know, the antithesis, like, like, 
a negative times a negative from you as a positive for me or something. Maybe I'll love it. It, but it, let's just say it looks and smells horrible. And Mike gave me what can't be more than like a half of a teaspoon. It's like a, teaspoon it's two a, grams. I mean, <laughs> at most, it's it looks just... horrible. It does. It's like this horrible purple. But why does the what does he mean? Looks horrible. The purple. It looks oh, like true. a cloudy it, wine. Or maybe like purple drank. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe like <laughs> I don't I don't do a lot of that, so I don't I can't compare it. But I'll trust you on okay. that, Pastor. <laughs> it's how I get through my weeks, man. All, All right, right, so here we go. Let's uh taste that cabbage juice. Okay, here we go. All right, down the hatch. Mm. You know, um, now that I well, I'll let you speak first. It has a very strong like up front, it's not so bad. Yeah, but it's really got a heavy cabbage aftertaste. Like <laughs> very cabbagey. Like concentrate. Like cabbage concentrate. Just cabbage, just pushed into your face. Yeah, it's like. Is that a good thing or a bad thing from your perspective? Um, it's like if someone like was torturing you and they tied you down and were like squeezing a cabbage down your mouth, like like a nasty old rotted cabbage from their like crisper, and they're like, "You will talk," and they were dripping this cabbage juice in your mouth. That's what I imagine. This would have taste you done like. that before? Or had that done to you? It was so vivid. Your <laughs> description of it. It's it was... an enhanced interrogation <laughs> yeah, technique. I was gonna say, is that what we're doing to folks overseas? <laughs> like what? Well, like it's worse than waterboarding. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, it's and it. You say it's supposed to be good for the stomach? Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it feels, it's proven to be. Oh, okay. Science, but it yes. It, it it tastes. It doesn't feel good in my stomach right now. It feels like it's saying like, Dave, if you had a little more of me, like you could throw up. It's like an ipecac almost. So, are you saying that much like the song I? She blinded me with science. I nauseated you with science. <laughs> yes. She nauseated Dave me with science. science. <laughs> Which has come up on this show before. Oh, yeah. Callback. And Mia Culpa. I said he was one of the Dolby family. I was 100% <laughs> wrong. We went on Snopes.com and we proved that that is wrong. Isn't it so bizarre when you think something so deeply in your, yeah, I heard one time that, and, and you're, just, you're just wrong. I'm like an old grandpa who refuses to go on Snopes. But anyway. So that's our cabbage tasting, and now it's time to... Uh... Oh, bring back a department, explain that meme, which means that we are going to have to bring back our theme music for Explain That. Explain that meme! Getting funky now. Oh, yeah. Explain that meme. There's memes there to explain. So please explain that meme. Don't leave me in suspense. Explain that meme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. All right. Okay. That's our theme song for Explain That Meme. It's Isn't little, that a funky? I it love that It is funky. It's funky song. groove by, written, composed by Michael J. Nelson himself. Uh, that's maybe partially not true. Assem- I, when I say partially, I mean wholly not Assembled true. Assembled by Michael Assembled. J. Nelson. <laughs> DJed by? I, I don't even know what you would say there. All right, uh, so this is the meme that we're explaining. This is uh, from, what year would this have been? You're deep in this uh, meme. I'm going to so. say 88, 89. Oh, really? That yeah, early? it was, la- what do you mean that early? That late, I thought. Well, that's because I'm well older than you. Oh, okay. Yeah, 88 <laughs> or 89, for sure. I'm going to say 89. And uh, let's just play it, and okay. then you can uh, do your job of explaining the meme. meme. All right, here we go. Okay. This is the meme. Oh. I love the power glove. It's so bad. 
<laughs> that is pretty much it. <laughs> That's the meme right there. So that is from the uh, hit 1989 movie called The Wizard, starring the great Fred Savage. Um, right. For those who are even younger than me, he's the older brother of Ben Savage from... Probably my least favorite show ever, uh, Boy Meets World, and I know that's going to get a lot of hate mail. Sorry, kids. Uh, but I did think Topanga was cool, so don't worry about that. But anyways, um, so Fred Savage was in this movie that you might call an extended infomercial for the Nintendo Entertainment System, or conversely, it's just a long commercial for Super Mario Brothers 3. Now, I remember I was seven years old when this movie came out, Oh yeah. and my Aunt Lynn, uh, Aunt Lynn, I love you, thank you, she took me, she's, like, took me for my birthday to see a movie. And the movie she let me go see was The Wizard. And I thought it was, like, the best movie ever. And so this is from a scene where he meets basically, like, there's this kid who's sort of a savant. Um, you know, his his sister died. He's having a lot of problems processing. And one of the things that he's just great at is playing video games. Video games are his outlet. They're how he finds his peace and makes, you know, his soul whole, basically. And so... Um, so he's really good at Nintendo. They're going to go to this Nintendo competition in like Vegas or something to to win money. With I might add, th- this is a, an underrated part of this uh, this movie because this was it really was just an ad for Mario Brothers yes. and um, or for the game system, and the host of it is absolutely. <laughs> bat guano crazy i mean it's very weird he's very dark and strange and and he's a big part of the uh, third act of the movie this movie is it, there's a lot of weird and like inappropriate things in it that we won't get into there is the the woman from rilo kiley yes. i don't know her name i'll just call her rilo kiley even though i know that's the band and it's not her name but she is in this movie uh a christian slater's in yeah this christian movie. Slater. uh jeff Jeff Bridges? Yeah, one of the Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges, Bo Bridges is yeah, in this movie. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, who else? Oh, uh, Toby Maguire makes Toby a brief Maguire. cameo in this, this movie. This is weird. And and yeah, you, you're right. The the sister death, she like drowns. We find, It's just a horrible story. It's like, this is your <laughs> video so, game platform it, movie? What is so, going on in this? It's so dark. It's such a dark it's so plot. so strange. And like the... That you know, he runs away like the hapless, and then there's like a bounty hunter trying to track these children. Oh, down. Yeah, yeah. Because there's like a di- there's like a custody divorce yeah. custody battle. That's also it's it's such a bleak movie. It's insane. Oh my gosh, uh, watch <laughs> go back and watch this movie, folks. But anyways, so like the kind of the one of the foils is this guy who's also really good at video games. Like he's this this like cool kid and like they go to sort of like there's like an initial showdown before the final showdown at the actual competition and this kid busts out the power glove and the and the power glove is like this glove controller you put on your hand and he goes power glove it's so bad (laughs) and just the way he says that makes it so memeable so you can basically like say about anything in your life like cabbage juice it's so it's so bad <laughs> but but this was a real product that they oh, were selling no right? no and i had a friend who had the power glove uh who lived just on the street and i was like there was no nothing made me more jealous than seeing this kid with the power glove because wow. it was like the it was so bad it was in the like 1980 sense where that's good it was so cool and i was like you and he wasn't wealthy but um i thought this stinking spoiled rich kid <laughs> Like my parents, my parents won't even like, like I had to like save my money to get a Nintendo. And this kid is like, got for Christmas, the power glove. And he's just flaunting it in front of me and just playing. And it, I mean, it was basically, to be honest, it was just a glorified controller. It was a controller glued to a glove, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. 
And then beyond that, I did, I did not. Obviously, I was beyond the age where this would have been anything that I would have enjoyed. But I have heard from many that there were hygiene issues with the glove. Like, it just got sweaty, and then you'd hand it to your friend who wanted to try the glove. I think it was just this, like, plastic glove. And the, um, the, like, one thing where you could, like, in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, you could, like, swing it. And I think it did have some, like, motion sensitivity with that so it was not just like uh, it was it was basically just a controller glued to a glove but there were a couple games you know they released a few titles that like took control of it um you know but now i mean it was like an early predecessor to the wii where now you can like sort of spin around the controller and use your hands and all that stuff so you know i mean it was it was a it was the grandfather of you know the wii which you can say for better or for worse but yeah the power glove it's so Bad. bad Well, hope, hopefully we've explained that. And uh, get a load of this transition. You're going to love this. Okay. And that was on what platform was that? Oh, it was on the Nintendo. Oh, it was not on PC? <laughs> it was on Nintendo. And that brings us back to our main topic. That's what we discussed today is political correctness. But we should probably wrap up the show right now. I think we've gone long on we, this, this one. This is such a long show. I don't care. Let's make it an hour. Who we cares? We appreciate you hanging in for but it. yeah, so basic points uh, on PC stuff is uh, from a Christian perspective, don't ever try to be a jerk. Yes, we, we have the courage to speak the truth in love. Um, but uh, but we're always cautious and careful with how we use our speech because we want to use our speech to seek the truth and to build up. Um, our brothers and sisters, not to tear them down. And so that's the basic posture that we assume as we enter into the marketplace of ideas, that 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 um, God will be with us in this common pursuit of the truth, and that there is no need to resort to the kind of invective that we see, or <laughs> speed shaming, or anything. That was a weird noise in the back. <laughs> so That's your, uh, that's your producer so, having some issues here. <laughs> Yeah, so that there's uh yeah, that there that there's no reason to um to to stifle speech or to engage in the kind of um outlandish speech that the bomb throwers engage in. So And and final wrap up on cabbage juice, a big thumbs up. <laughs> oh wait, no, it was like being tortured with an old musty <laughs> cabbage. Okay, so So that's it. That's it folks for us today. We're we're a little rusty on that, you know. I, I might rather drink rust juice than... Uh, come on, man. I, I agree, though. I 100% agree that cabbage juice is not something you should attempt. But hopefully uh, we've uh, we've given you a little bit of truth and a little bit of things to chew on, as well as uh, explaining to you exactly why someone would come up to you and, and say that a power glove is so bad. So hopefully this helps bad. as you run into these lunatics in your life. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I am Michael J. Nelson. I am David Berge. And we'll see you next time at Like Trees.